podcast for August 20th, 2010. It's not safe for work. Recorded live in front of the Blagojevich jury. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. We're fucking golden. Oh my God, Rod. Oh my God, Blago, the governor. He got... Uh... <clears throat> He got convicted of lying about something, but they wouldn't convict him of the thing he was lying about, which is That's, so Chicago. It's so perfect. It's so perfectly <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. He told the FBI a lie. And I mean, really, who hasn't? Come on. Who who among who us has not lied, lied to Patrick Fitzgerald yeah. in I remember, their lifetime? If, you, if I, you're with Patrick Fitzgerald, you're going to lie. Right? Look at that face. Look at that yeah. man's face. I remember he asked me directions once to Lakeshore Drive, and I think I sent him to Iowa. So, which means I could go to jail. Yeah. You know, I could yeah. go to jail for five years or $250,000. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the big Chicago trial is, is sort of over, but not really. No. Blagojevich is, you know, they, he walked on all but one count. That's 23 he didn't walk on. The jury apparently. How are they dig- taking this news in Chicago? Shrug of the he, shoulders? Yeah, we have the the reason that Chicago's shoulders are so broad is we shrug them all the time. We look at this shit and just go, oh jeez. There was um, in fact on, on Dirty Filthy Liberal Talk Radio today. They were having people call in from from Chicago to explain to the national audience what the hell happened in Chicago. What the hell's wrong with you people? So the the good people of Chicago were calling in en masse to the radio station, explaining to the rest of the world how this could possibly have happened, and dating it all the way back to how the hell could you have elected this guy and Every story that you tell about politics in Chicago leads to five other stories because you have to contextualize everything. And at some point, it gets to be you know, a Russian novel. Yeah. So this guy was calling in to explain that, well, you got to understand, before Blagojevich, there was Ryan. And, and Ryan, when he was Secretary of State, his people, you know, essentially sold driver's licenses for cash, for campaign money. And out of that came someone who should never have had a license who killed people, who killed children. Uh, who got into a horrible car? Yeah. With his car, who got into a horrible car accident. Several children died, wiped out nearly an entire family. And Ryan with the ministers, jail. weren't they? The oh, it, it was it was, it was yeah. really a Russian novel. It was it was, it was it, a Christian ministry van, and it was horrible. it was unbe- it was unbelievably bad. That unraveled the the tapestry that was the corrupt Republican Ryan administration. And Republicans have been in charge in the state for like 25 years. Governors for often, mostly for 25 years. So Ryan goes to jail. And so we, you know, now Democrats have a shot and everybody knows this is our one shot because, you know, I know it doesn't seem that way from the outside, but Illinois is a very conservative state in some ways. Right. And, and, and Republicans have by and large run everything but Chicago. Well, least, like, it's like they, Massachusetts in that the state government taxes exactly. property. And so, and 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 has very direct taxes on people. So people that are outraged about taxes elect Republican governors, and it's the same yep. way in Massachusetts. They yep. elect Democratic presidents and Democratic uh, Washingtonians, Senate. basically. But they keep they are have a tendency to elect Republican governors. Yep. It's not just a and check and balance thing. It's really a, there's there's this anti-tax hysteria that goes on um, that whips people up and usually the gubernatorial races aren't held in the same election as year as the presidency and yeah. the the wrong kind of people show up i mean i hate to put it that way but yeah. the, the anti-tax people are the ones that show up for the gubernatorial elections so. well, well here we call that entire you know that big rube goldberg 
political machine, the combine, because it really <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah. It, it combines both parties. It's downstate, upstate, and it was never more efficiently run than when you know George Ryan was the Republican governor and Richie Daly was the mayor. Yeah, and they could you know they could you know crack a bottle of scotch and smoke a cigar and cut deals, and that's how things got done. So it was you know it was business as usual until Ryan. You know, goes to jail. So suddenly you have this opening, this big opening downstate. Finally, there's a shot at having a uh, having a Democrat in the governor's office. And there were several candidates. And one of the things that that the caller to the show mentioned was it was a breath of fresh air. It was this young guy, I mean, very enthusiastic, and and he was, you know, he was going to sweep into office and and put through all these reforms. And I'm like, you know, that's not exactly true. Mm-hmm. There were there were several candidates for governor for Democratic governor, and it was it was one of those cases. <clears throat> like uh, in the movie The Best Man, the, all the actions – it's Cliff Robertson and Henry Fonda. All the action takes place at the Democratic primary because everybody knows whoever wins that is going to be president. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew whoever was going to win you – know, probably whoever was going to win the Democratic primary was going to be the next governor. It's a very good shot because mm-hmm. Republicans were just screwed. And what this caller – failed to mention was there were several good candidates for the job. There were several candidates for the job, and the mayor and his people and Rod Blagojevich's father-in-law, the very powerful alderman Dick Mel, put their arm around this you know fine young sociopath and said, yeah. this is our guy. This is our guy. And everybody else stepped aside. And so lots of better candidates got stepped over because the combine, because the machine chose Milorad Blagojevich to be the next governor of the state, just as Lisa Madigan, who's yeah. a perfectly fine state's attorney, would never be anywhere near that job if her daddy weren't Mike Madigan. Yeah. Just like Todd Stroger would not be chairman you know, of the Cook County Board if his daddy wasn't the former chairman, just like Richie Daly, just like the Jacksons. It goes on and on and on and on here. And so, you know, when I say that we shrug our shoulders, it's not like we wouldn't rather it be otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's that power is so entrenched here. And and the difficulty in you know, it's not like somebody just decides let's pick the goofiest asshat you can find. So for example, now we have Mark Kirk, the deeply flawed Republican candidate, yes. running against Alexis Janulius. Yeah, well, Alex- yeah, let's talk about Kirk first, because Kirk has Okay. You know, lied on his, lied about his war record and lied about his. Uh, oh, just a great many things. Oh, a great many yeah. things, and always winds up on his website these these total inaccuracies about his background, and then uh-huh. oh, that was just a typo, but it's still there three days later. Oh yeah, we fixed it there. Then, oh, okay, now it's gone, and it's it's just kind of sloppy lying. It, it's sloppy lying, and he doesn't have a good, you know, response time. Right. Because you find out that you've been telling the same accidental, you know, misstatement about my record and about oh, yeah. the medal I won the and some won. yeah, yeah, and other things yeah. for you know four years now. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't exactly a typographic error. So under ordinary circumstances, Mark Kirk would would be losing. Yeah. Because he's such a you know depressingly inept con- uh, candidate, but he's running against. Alexis Janulius. You got to tell me about Alexis. Alexis Janulius. And Alexis <laughs> Janulius looks like a fucking mobster. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no way around the fact that the guy looks like he's mobbed up. He, he, you know, he, he, uh, he's the, he, and he's the worst thing you could imagine in terms of pedigree. I don't, I know nothing about the guy. I don't know if he's a delightful human being, but he's, you know, the son of a banker. He's, he's a, you know, an Illinois, Chicago banking family. His family ran Broadway Bank that crashed and burned. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, they they it was apparently gave out by FDIC. 
Yeah. So well, yeah, and the bailout. So there's a lot of resentment. And they were loaning money to people they shouldn't have been loaning right, to. Right. And, you know, he was mixed up with Tony Rezco and a bunch of other, you know, he just like, it just, there's no end to the stink of it. Yeah. And like you really, the entire Democratic Party, you couldn't find anybody else but this guy. And the reason they found this guy, again, originally he, he was the, um, he's the treasurer, I believe. He's the, the state yeah. treasurer. Because, you know, a gentleman named Barack Obama, who owed a lot of debts, party debts around town, put his arm around Alexei Janoulias. Because Alexei Janoulias and his family had raised a shitload of money for Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's not like we want <laughs> to have corrupt people running our state. It's just that the barrier to entry for getting on a ballot in mm-hmm. Illinois yeah. is so high when it comes to the amount of money you have to raise and the amount of contacts you have to have that you have to, you know, you have to suck a lot of dick mm-hmm. to get, you know, metaphorically to get into the first tier of Illinois politics. And by the time you're done doing that, you have an essentially aristocratic, imperial, hereditary monarchies. And I wish it weren't so. But, you know, and the way to fix this, of course, as you and I always say, Blue Gal, is fix the media and fix campaigns, fix campaign financing. Because right now you can't – a reformer can't win a major office in Illinois because you have to be somebody's kid. Yep. Or you have to have a shitload of money from somebody, and somebody in power has to right, owe you. You gave them very high up. Either the president or the mayor put their arm around you. And in order yeah. to get that kind of attention, you have to be able to raise a shitload of money. Yeah. And, and they ain't going to do that unless there's something in it for them. Right. Right. So right. you know, again, it's not like we don't want. We've had reformers in Illinois before. You know, Paul Simon's from here, and Paul Simon was a perfectly fine senator. I, I liked him well, an awful and lot. His daughter was pulled out of, you know the weeds wherever uh-huh. to run when when crazy uh Scott Lee Cohen had to be oh, yeah. quickly pulled off of the Democratic ticket because he hurt some woman with a what was it he the the abusing his hooker abusing girlfriend his hooker or girlfriend thing which yeah. we talked about in an earlier podcast yeah. uh and so they found dear sweet um Paul Simon's kid Paul Simon's daughter and floating down the Nile in a basket. I'm going to say this as kindly as I can. <laughs> looks just like her dad yeah. without just the bow tie. Yeah. And uh, there's and, a definite she, facial resemblance there. So, Which is, you know, is, yeah. is true. Right. Lieutenant um, Governor, go ahead. But yeah, Lieutenant Governor, which in Illinois is a separate office. Is run, yeah, you, know, right. you run completely separately. And it's not that she's a per- is a bad person. It's that, no, but it's that it's, they had to pull her out of... Yeah. Go yeah. find me somebody's kid. Go find kid. me somebody's kid, exactly. Yeah, and it's just the assumption that the system is so rotten and so corrupt, and the people who run it are so, you well, know, complete. That's part of in. what shielded Blagojevich was yeah. his actual defense was, "Look, this is how it's done." Yeah, and, and a whole lot of people just, just said, that "I said it in my outside voice." So, so what? You know? Uh huh. Yeah. So Which you know that you know. It's, it's just like politics everywhere. The goal. Oh yeah. Is not to make the city a better place or more livable. The, the mm-hmm. goal is to maintain power for those in power, and that's yes. the number one goal. That's certainly the case of Congress. Here, I was trying to segue into another another subject, but let's segue uh-huh. into another subject. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Islamic Community Center. We're not going to talk very long about this because I think our listeners are very much of the same mind as we are yeah. about this. So enough said. We're breaking news here. Apparently, there's some controversy about a, yeah. <laughs> a community yeah. center being built in Lower Manhattan. You might not have heard about it. <laughs> well, 
Well, I just want to say that, you know, I was really proud of John Amato at Crooks and Liars for pointing out to everyone the other day that this really is Pammy Atlas and her bigotry that's, mm-hmm. spe- that's calling the shots on this issue. And it is. It, I, I just want to announce to my listeners that I am done trying to convert her to the light <laughs> side. I had a really long exchange with people in her comment thread a uh, number of months ago. Uh, because she freaked out over some Patriot Act episode where the Obama White House had attained records of something. I can't exactly remember what. And she freaked out and said, oh, you know, next next thing we know, they're going to know what library books we take out. And <laughs> it's privacy, privacy, privacy. And I said, hey, you know, this happened. This was passed under your president. And uh-huh. I am 100 percent in agreement with you about your outrage about this. The executive office of the presidency should not be allowed to do this, period. Now, let's work together to Uh repeal the Patriot Act so this doesn't happen anymore. Right. We're all in this together. This is where we on the left move to the center and agree with our opponents, you know, what happened when this law passed. Oh yeah, this Patriot yeah, Act that, passed. The the Patriot, and this is you know this is where I'm in complete accord with anybody mm-hmm. anywhere in the political spectrum who wants to repeal that horrible act. Yep. I'm with you. I'm 100 percent with you. Bad idea. So when it passed, what what did people say to the folks on the right? What what was their dire warning? Their dire warning was, what are you going to do when President Hillary Clinton is in the White House yeah. and, and she, she turns the big guns it. on you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the answer was. That's la, never going to happen. La, 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 permanent Republican majority. Yeah. Karl Rove promised us a permanent Republican majority. Yeah. There's never going to be another Democratic president, period. So we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's, I, I was on this comment thread for a number of comments. I left a number of comments exchanged with people saying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm willing to work with you on this. I'm willing to set up blogs. I'm willing to set up a... We can do it. Would it would have a big impact? I think. It would. Where you know D- the dirty godless hippie like dirty you godless and, hippie and, and Pammy Atlas get together uh, to repeal the Patriot Act and let's do it. Yep. And first of all, Pammy never came on the thread, which is fine. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people, for, from a lot of people, it was just crickets, as it was from sure. Pammy. And then sure. there was one person who was willing to come out to me and say. I really have to admit that I trust George Bush and I don't trust Barack Obama. And Boom. so I'm perfectly okay with him look with George Bush looking at my personal records mm-hmm. and I'm not comfortable with Barack Obama looking at them. So that's that's mm-hmm. the deal. I don't and trust him and I do trust a Republican president. Well well but bless them for being honest. Yeah. But, but you uh, still but you know what, you're still going to hell. Yeah, and you shut so, yourself in so you know. foot big time because you're, it's and, not about principle then. You know, it's well, just about is, hating, this is what, hating Obama. Oh, hating Obama and Clinton, anybody with a yeah, D after anybody with a D after the name, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It's you know the birther thing is is coming back, and Acorn is still floating out. Yeah. And this is all about the illegitimacy of anybody with a D after their name. Yep. Doesn't matter if they're black mm-hmm. or white. It helps if they're black because that brings all the you know the the, the real really out. boiling yeah. crazy right to the surface. You're listening to the Professional Left podcast, professionalleft.blogspot.com. An educated population is the last thing that the Republican Party wants. They want everyone to be Sarah Palin stupid, sure. you know, because that, sure. that is cheap labor and cheap labor conservatives. We've got to start calling them that. I was reading a post from back in 2006. I don't even know if this blog is still active, but 
the conceptual conceptual gorilla G-E-R, yeah. wrote that great post in 2006, Defeat the Right in Three Minutes, about first thing you've got to do is call them cheap labor conservatives. Mm-hmm. And really, if if you look at, looked at Dick Army last night on the on the Daily Show, he really is, you know, you know, if we have low taxes and low government, we'll have more freedom. Mm-hmm. And And, of course, John Stewart ripped him apart, but a lot of what he's talking about is no rights for workers. No yeah. rights for workers. No taxes for wealthy people. And oh, he's talking about feudalism. Setting up a society exactly mm-hmm. where people are people in the bottom ninety-eight are desperate, and people in the top two percent are protected and safe. And that you know, so there's no anarchy. You know, he didn't want anarchy. He said, "No, no. Now, we don't want to get rid of so much government that there's anarchy because that would be bad." Just enough <laughs> cops. What he means <laughs> yeah. is. Just so enough cops to shoot the mob yeah. when they come for his gold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. what he's talking about. It's just and, horrible. So, and well, it's you know, it's it, it is, he is, uh, he is what he is. Yeah. Well, and he, he he represents a certain point of view, a certain very Republican conservative point of view that yeah. says, you know, this world exists for the elite mm-hmm. and the special yep. and the Christian, mm-hmm. and everyone else is a, is a bit player in our movie. Yeah, and if you if you perish, or if your if your children go hungry, or if your family's wiped out, you know they're, it's the, your fault. It's your fault. Well, yeah. well it's, it's, but whether it's your fault or not, it's not my problem. Yeah, it's, that's your fucking problem. There, there's a mm-hmm. Maggie Thatcher. I was just reading this today. Maggie Thatcher famously had a quote. This is when you when people speak of Thatcheritism. Mm-hmm. When Andrew Sullivan talks about being, you know, I heart Maggie Thatcher. This is the sentiment that he loves, which is Margaret Thatcher famously said, "There's no such thing as society." There are only individuals and their families. Wow. Period. So there is no but such thing as a so. That that's that we're really talking about the the big Uber argument here is those that believe that there's a chosen people. Yes. By God, that are you and know, it's them. It's, it's them. <laughs> it always happens and to that, be them. And and that what we're fighting with is the belief that there's a universal love of God for all all creation and not yeah. that you can't abandon religion altogether because i certainly believe that if you've decided that religion is bunk and you're going to abandon it altogether you're taking a morally consistent position right that's but. great but if you're going to say you're a christian if you're going to say you believe in god you uh-huh. can't be sarah palin and not be full of shit because <laughs> seriously well put, Blue Girl. well put yeah you can't do it because you're uh-huh. you're being completely inconsistent with a God that is benevolent and loving, well, I get to be his, create, his her creation. So, well, and I, so I, I, was, think, I, I think there really is a, a big religious battle going on that we're not paying attention to because it's so meta. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so camouflaged as an economic yeah, exactly. an economic argument, but and it, you or know, as uh, a mosque argument, or if yeah, you look at yeah. you can look at any anything economics, the mosque, the immigration, uh, <laughs> you know, everything we're talking about today is. Is the good of the land, is the good that we say is out there, the, you know, or that Kennedy's always saying, America is the greatest country that God has ever given humanity, you know. Uh-huh. Is that just for a few people? Is that good from God uh-huh. just for a few people? Yes. Or is it for everybody? It's for, well, if you're doing you know, mission work, you be, you're supposedly believe that's for everybody. <laughs> I, I know you're not going to believe this, Blue Gal, but I, I was taking the train home today. Mm-hmm. And I was reading, you know, what I like nine books at once. And I, I was I was taking notes to myself. And one of the paragraphs I set out for my own contemplation later is, you know, my own handwriting. Good for whom? Yeah. 
Um, you know, Dick Army wants a country that's good for Dick Army yeah. and a few other of Dick Army's friends. And he believes social order is necessary. Whatever social order results in that outcome is the good. Yep. And, but what that means conversely is that you and I, he expects us to just go along with it. Yeah. That we, we, we should accept our role as being, you know, raw material sure. for him yeah. and his friends to use. Yeah. And that's the good order. And that's the good. Well, except that requires our acceptance of it. Yeah. And and the, I flip that around. It's like, well, why why shouldn't we just kill the rich and take their shit? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I, I obviously don't mean that literally. Right. But right. if if social order is a construct, and if the construct is is constructed man-made, for the hum- privilege by humanity, yeah, man-made by humanity, as and and the construct we're asked to to believe in is it, we're being told will only benefit the top two percent. Right. Right, and that we should go along with that because that's good for society. Or, like, well, or men, or whoever. Yeah, yeah. but no, yeah. no. See, we're society, and we get to say. So, if you are not willing to sacrifice for my good, rich person, yeah, then fuck Dick you. Army. I'm not going to sacrifice for Dick yours. Army. Yeah. Why yeah. would I sacrifice for your good? Why would I bend over for anything? Why would I work for you? Why would I defend you? Why, if your home's burning down, fuck you. I don't really care. Yep. Property rights will pop. Property rights are, are an abstraction. There's something we invented. And I happen to believe in them, but I also believe that if the elite build a society that privileges only them and then claim the good mm-hmm. as the reason why we should sustain and support that system, that is a complete contradiction yeah. because the good is an abstraction. And if it's only good for them, then I'm not obligated to go along with it. But you know, and I could quote Eric Cantor on that. Come on! Hey, come on! <laughs> come on! Eric Cantor! Eric, Eric Cantor! Eric. That was- his argument against you know you're you're wanting to steal all his gold. Yes, is, yes. Technically, there's <laughs> religious freedom in America. But Technically, I suppose. But come on, I mean, you know, no, you just that's know. That's his foreplay too. I, I was no, gonna, I was gonna suggest you just know his wife. That his wife has heard that statement a few times. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Technically, I suppose you have the right to have a headache and yeah, turn me down. Come on. Come on. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's yeah. trash night. I did my part. I did. The vision of Eric Cantor in his boxing, in boxing his boxing shorts saying, come on. You know, and his, and his, you know, little t-shirt yeah. and his wife sound asleep with her, you know, turned away from him because she's really secretly liberal. Yeah. I don't want to put out for you. You're evil. And, and his foreplay being, come on. <laughs> There's hope for America because Pat Buchanan agreed with Je- Eugene Robinson this afternoon wow. on Hardball. Oh, Actually wow. Actually agreed with him. Eugene Robinson oh said he thinks Newt Gingrich has a strong future in the American political landscape, but too much <laughs> baggage to be president of the United States. Uh-huh. And Pat Buchanan said, I have to confess, I was having exactly that same thought this morning. Uh-huh. And we, I agree with Eugene Robinson. <laughs> and then they just played what twenty minutes of harp music. Yeah, I guess so. You know, yeah. that was uh, really astonishing. So if if that's the case, I think we've got. Uh, but it makes it makes sense why why Newt is making so much crazy talk about this mosque thing because it's a book to sell. Yeah, and why do we keep yeah. falling for it? Well, we don't. I don't think we keep falling for it. I really. You know, I think that. And this is this is sort of what John Stewart does. It's the reintroduction of of a, a reckless, subversive kind of humor mm-hmm. into into because humor is like sand in the machines. You know, humor right wingers don't know how to cope with it. They're not good at, at comprehending and and attack. They don't know how to attack or defend 
<clears throat> if you saw Bill Crystal fall apart under, you know, Stephen Colbert's unbelievably brilliant, you know, out conservativing him, right. he didn't know what to do. Right. He, he, there was right. no, he, he had no, his software was completely flipped because he had no ability to cope with someone who was being incredibly smart and funny right in his face. So I was thinking about the idea of, of the, the merry prankster approach, but I was thinking about it almost because I, out of despair, because we're, it's not that we get, we let anyone get away with anything. In fact, I, you know, between media matters and which is a fine site and the the liberal radio, such as it is and MSNBC, and of course us bloggers who are really quite diligent about this, the right doesn't get away with anything. It's that, Catching them at stuff, catching them, you know, in the shark suit, having sex with the I don't know what, catching them red-handed doing terrible things has no effect on them at right, all anymore. Right. We've said this dozens and dozens yeah. of times. And and they have coped with our strategy of trying to appeal to reason and conscience by getting rid of anyone with reason or conscience. So you have a party full of new Gingriches who who are completely amoral. Yep. And you have a, you have a base who's completely cool with that. So the fact that that we're stuck in this loop where they do something incredibly evil, we get furious, or they're hypocrites about something. David Vitter does something, or Tom Delay does something, and this happens every day. It does. I mean, it's really it at this really point has, it happens every fucking day. Well, every and, fucking and, day. And Vitter especially. I mean, when he just came out the day that he had to confess that, and his solution was, "I know my enemies." Yes. We'll try to make political hay out of this. Yes. yes. And, it, and it's just like, no, you broke the law by having sex with a prostitute more yes. than once. Oh, oh, good Christian man. Oh, good Christian family values hypocrite. Yeah. That's the issue here. And yet the GOP and uh, this is uh, what I was trying to enunciate to you at the beginning of our recording tonight is up to a, up to a certain point, the Democratic Party does this too, of preserving incumbency. Yes, that's true. That's really absolutely right. bothers me. To, at all to costs. Assault. Exactly. To the point where you have horrible people representing your party who uh-huh. don't belong there. And the president is recording robocalls for them because it's a seat. Mm-hmm. And... It's to the point, too, and I I know you and I have discussed this before, and it's sort of my rallying cry that I always delete from these podcasts because I don't want to appear (laughs) ageist, you know, Uh but I'm I'm probably going to leave it in this time, which is, I said this last week, Charlie Rangel's kitchen timer dinged 10 years ago. He's 73. He's too old and has been there too long. Kick his ass out. Kick his ass out. The, the U.S. Senate is the oldest, and I think the age of the the average age of the U.S. Senate since you know our dear Robert Byrd passed away at ninety four, whatever it was, the average age of the of a senator has dropped precipitously. <laughs> but it's still. But but you know it's it's huge. There are forty seven senators who are over sixty five now. Mm-hmm. That they is have. outrageous. And, and, and they will stay. And the, the reason it's outrageous is not because they're old. That's not why. It's because their age is affecting the way the Senate rules operate. Uh-huh. This whole business of we don't really have to filibuster. We can just right. say it and go home to our posturepedic beds and orthopedic socks and comfort zone and watch mm-hmm. the game 
You know, like Bunting said, oh, I'm missing my basketball game. You know, you won't Bunting, argue you mean Bunting, right? job. You know, Jim Bunning, right? Jo- yeah, Jim Bunning, excuse me. That's your job. You lazy old fuck. Get off, get off your ass and, and be a senator for crying out loud. But mm-hmm. no, you know, they are cushioned in the cushiest job in the world. Mm-hmm. They've been there forever. There's, n- there's no accountability. You notice that the one time that Harry Reid grew a pair and pulled out the cots, they were out of there by 7.30 at night. They'd vote. Well, that's... They have to because senior yeah. special at right. you know, Apple, spe- Applebee's well, you know, ends at eight. We're always making these kind of jokes of yeah. Matlock's on or you know Murder She Wrote or whatever. It's, it's not a, a joke. It's the way the United States Senate is operating, and they're yes. they're able to obstruct everything with a word instead mm-hmm. of doing their job. And filibuster should mean filibuster. Damn it! It means mm-hmm. you're up all night talking. It means you're doing your job. Harry Reid takes a lot of blame for this in my book. He should have those cots out every damn night. And anytime anybody says that, okay, we're going to filibuster. You know, you want to you want to obstruct everything. You pay for it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but, I'm just that's... you're listening to the Professional Left podcast, professionalleft.blogspot.com. Dan Coulter today, mm-hmm. who was kicked out of the World Net Daily conference because she's going to go speak at the Gay GOP conference. Which is called what is it? Homocon? I just Homocon. <laughs> well, they're you taking know, it back. They're know. taking they're taking tranny back for the GOP. Yeah. That's right, yeah. and they're going to have Ann Coulter, who they are calling the conservative Judy Garland. I mean, I'm oh. really beginning to wonder oh. if this isn't some sort of stealth Jesus general project. Yeah, it this, just, this has, it that has the ring thing. of of yeah, just uh-huh. really. But they got the money to have Ann Coulter come to their conference uh-huh. in New York City in September, uh-huh. and they asked. You know, she was disinvited because she's going to speak to the gays Mm -hmm. she was disinvited from going to world net daily because they're homophobes down there in miami they're having their conference in miami (laughs) (laughs) bless their hearts anyway uh break out your speedos boys it's time to go you know but but what she said about her what she said was oh well you know they're paying me to give a speech yeah and so Okay, we knew that about you, Anne. <laughs> and she talks about speaking on college campuses and yeah, how you just speak like speaking with people that half the audience disagrees with me or more. You yeah. know, and of course, you know these the I I don't agree with much of what they believe in, but hey, you know I'm but they pay me to speak. And right. and then she said, you know, I I'm sure I agree a lot more with the people on. Uh, uh, World Net Daily conference, except for your crazy birther conspiracies, and she actually huh? said that. So yeah. she got yeah. her and swipe in, you know, at the well, end. But 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 she but she's you know she's really honest about it, yeah she's in really that honest post about it, her whoredom. Yeah, I. Why do you do these horrible things? Because they pay me yeah, to do it. Money. Oh, yeah. really? That's the only reason you do this? Yeah, that's the reason yeah, I do it. I do it because they pay. Yeah. They put money in my hand. Paying gig. Yeah. And so, and. So, so she's, she's not, she's she's not more intellectually honest than you know in in terms of her career than you you might ordinarily give her credit yeah. for I guess but uh, anyway no it's, she's not the problem the people the people who are the problem are the people who you can tell that to yeah and you can just see their brains rebooting because yeah. they, they will not accept that information it's too scary the that yeah. they're that big a fucking chump yeah. Yeah. so they have to well, figure and, out and how if if that's true about Ann Coulter think about Sarah Palin why um, is she doing it? You know. Why is Glenn Beck? Glenn Beck says he's yeah. a rodeo clown. Yeah. 
He's an entertainer. You know, every time Rush Limbaugh gets caught, you know, being the gigantic racist asshole he is, yeah. they they all cower behind. He's just an entertainer. Yeah. So Speaking of entertainment. Fall, yes, I believe we're we're now at hour number four. We are. We're at something so. like that. <laughs> it's going to be very entertaining to boil uh-huh. this down to thirty minutes tomorrow. But well, uh, one more thing. One, one more quick thing. Yeah. Today's the day that our men and women left Iraq. Yes. We have a great deal of sorrow for those who did not leave Iraq. Prayers go out to them and their family and loved ones. And, uh, and I know they're going to be redeployed. I know they're going to Afghanistan. I know there's a lot, lot of you know caveat, caveat, caveat. I know that. But our, our boys and girls are coming home. Yep. And there's nothing bad about that. No, there isn't. No, there yeah. isn't. Yeah. We want to thank our listeners for listening to us tonight and every week. We are on iTunes. We're also available at our new website professionalleft.blogspot.com and I still pinch myself when I say that because I can't believe we got that (laughs) URL. We are also available by email. Haven't we had some wonderful emails this week? We heard from an 18-year-old college student Mm -hmm. who experimented with conservatism one time his junior year. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a great email. It was. That was. But, and we, uh, uh, we also got uh, an email from a, a listener in Bangkok. Yeah, that was awesome, too. Um, hey, which our overseas was just listeners, a, we've, we've yeah. had an email. We had even a contribution from an APO. So mm-hmm. one of our one of our uh, people in uniform contributed money to the yeah. podcast. Thank you. Uh, yeah, if you're in uniform, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> we're save that so money glad and, for your service, please. Yeah, save that money and buy yourself home. a beer. And yeah, have a cold, on uh, us, absolutely. Yeah. The rest of you, there is yeah. an opportunity in, to buy us a beer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just there's beer. an opportunity to invest in our podcasting efforts, which... You know, um, well, let's, let's be fair, our burgeoning media our empire. burgeoning media empire. We Get are, on the ground we floor, people. On it. We are working on changing the media uh, uh-huh. Networking with other podcasters, making sure that other people hear about us, sending out CDs and so forth. So we're reinvesting your investment in us. So please be aware of that. Drop money in our hat uh, yeah. of any amount at our website. It's professionalleft.blogspot.com. And as I said last week, we keep the tea partiers out by spelling professional correctly. So, <laughs> Oh, and what, we, we also had a very good exchange with uh, uh, with someone who wants to try to create a conversation across ideological lines. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got into that, and the fact is, I've had three babies since I last <laughs> had those kind of intellectual discussions. So, those uh-huh. it, you two are going back and forth on email about philosophy and what uh-huh. about individualism versus collectivism, what? and I went, you know, that's What's like something in the back of my fridge that I. Knew once and even cherished, but no longer recognized. <laughs> so, and you're right, of course. So, it was, you know, I, I, I enjoyed li- reading your emails to him and his back to you, and you guys are having a great time, but I just, you know, and, m- my eternal eyes glaze over and I have to well, go. But I wanted to bring it up to say that not all of our... Not all of our listeners are liberals. No, no. Um, and and some of them, uh, some of the people who, who've contacted us genuinely want to have a dialogue of some kind. Yeah, because yeah. they're equally well, this, freaked this out by the what they see going that on. We they read don't... his email last week, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the guy we read his email last week. If you want to hear yeah. his email to us, his initial email to us, you, you've had a great exchange with him, and that's just yeah. terrific, really. Yep. Well, so, so how are the internet kitties doing this August evening? 
<laughs> the internet kitties had Always so much safe for work. <laughs> had so much fucking dough riding on the blogo verdict. Oh man, <laughs> it's not even funny. They had they had like crazy money. They had mortgage money, and they had you know kitty kitty Botox money, and they had beer money for a year riding on the verdict. And I think so. The internet kitties are fine, but they're but giving they were me really that, like, thinking there'd be at least two counts that blogo would be found guilty on right not just yes. lying they, they had they had big money on at least two counts you know they, they i think they i think they won the, i think they they didn't beat the spread and that's the problem those internet kids have nothing left to do but play us out podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gal Podcast.